This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Real Presence Live show. My name is Tim Moser here for the second hour. Um, I just wanted one comment about my little monologue last time. It, when I talked about, if you ever have difficulties with your spouse or a child or, or a friend, like I talked about how sometimes I struggled with people who were, you know, able to speak and do things, you know, and have opportunities that I thought maybe I should have. My habit that I'm trying to make now, a virtuous habit, is to immediately pray for that person and genuinely ask God to use them, to, to, to prosper them, to use them for great greatness. I help so much. I can tell you, if I ever have any, in, really very, very few difficulties with my wife, she's amazing, she really is. But when I pray for my wife and my son every day, I have the, usually the opportunity just to lie in bed and just kind of, you know, just put my hand on, on them at a time or another and just pray. Any kind of discord or difficulties literally melt away because it just calls me to greater love. And I feel such a great peace about this. So my advice is pray for those people, right? What's Paul? Pray for those who persecute you, right? I mean, it's true. Pray for things that persecute. Pray for these people. It really does help you to love them. All right. Now we're going to talk about someone that found beauty through writing, Mary Talkey. Mary, welcome. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity, uh, Tim, to be with you. I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, I heard your program sometime uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you were singing a song on the program mm. that the Lord had dropped into your heart about, you said within an hour you had a song and you had the words, and it was about your son, mm-hmm. and it was about the relationship of the father-son. And I thought, this is a man who will understand what I'm saying that the Lord has been giving me windows into beauty for the last mm, 30 years, probably, mm-hmm. um, and showing me beautiful things that offset the difficulties and the traumas in life that I'm often um, party to because of my work. And so I just thought you might understand, and sure enough, you said I could come on and visit with you about these things. Well, I think it's so great, Mary, because absolutely, we, we've, we've talked, you know, some back and forth about this and, and it's so true how God in his you know own way right he takes the gifts and the desires of our heart and he opens these as you call windows of beauty and it's so wonderful especially in this day and age because in this day and age culture isn't looking so much for truth you know they're looking beauty is the way to, to reach the heart and uh, not only others but but ours as well and just as this song really touched my heart yes as a matter of fact on, on YouTube I just have I still don't have a video of that song up there but the video quote unquote is just a picture of our son Romeo smiling there just you know mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's beautiful and <laughs> and so I, I love that the idea and I'm so glad that you reached out and are sharing this give our listeners just a little little background about your life Mary and how you came to this this uh, position that you're at now uh, working where you do and then we'll go on to the, the, the specific windows of beauty God has given you well I don't want to say too much but I did write a a little bit about my background. So I was born and raised in uh, Missouri, about 30 miles south of St. Louis, on the uh, hills, and where, oh, so beautiful in Missouri, mm-hmm. in the hills of Missouri, along the Mississippi River there. 
And I was raised up in Catholic schools, both in grade school and high school, and I attended a convent high school, actually, with the Precious Blood Sisters there. But when it came time to take the vow of obedience, somehow I got stuck. And so I discerned out and came away. And then I attended the um, College for Women um, in Leavenworth, Kansas, St. Mary College. And I met my husband, Fred, there in my senior year. He says I was desperate, (laughs) and I told him he needed me the most. (laughs) <laughs> and so, and I needed to be needed. So we were married in our home parish, in my home parish, in um, 1970, and the priest said we'd never make it. We were such opposites. So that was a little um, thorn in the side, and guess what? We celebrated our 50th anniversary this past June mm. uh, and renewed our vows at St. Patrick's and Crystal. Praise God. So um, we also came back to North Dakota from Milwaukee. After we were married, we lived in Milwaukee, came back. And we worked in the family store business there. And my husband would be so happy if I would mention that his passion uh, hobby is raising Holy Spirit doves. So I won't say any more, but that's his uh, hobby. Mm. So we have also two beautiful children. Uh, They're adults. Uh, Nathan was born Nathan. Now he's Brother Joseph Maria with the Knights of the Holy Eucharist in Lincoln, Nebraska. And Adam, who celebrated his 10th anniversary with his lovely wife, Laura, this past summer. And they both live and work in retail management in Bismarck, so they are on the run. Sure. And so in the past, um, I've been in Bible study. Um, The Lord took me into a kind of quiet, silent prayer with Him. And it was a time that He showed me it. He totally showed me it. And it was to sit quiet with Him on the couch as a busy mom and and wife um, for five minutes to, to to read Scripture, to be still for five minutes, and then to journal. And so I learned to listen to him and to talk to him in the journaling and to hear his voice. And so there are several scripture passages through the years that have stuck with me, and, and they're still in my heart. So sometime during that time frame, he opened these windows, what I call windows into beauty. And the first time it happened, it was like, it was, you couldn't speak. It was so beautiful. It was three-dimensional, like, and I had to run and get a pen and paper and, and to write down what, what I was seeing. And so through the years, there have been these moments that just opened for me to see the beauty and scenery and people and events and situations. And so I've written these through the years, and I have a, a numerous, uh, should say numerous, many of them. So, but then after that, he called me into the deep water with him. He said, Mary, get ready to go into the deep water with me. And I said, well, Lord, you know, I'm afraid of the deep water. But he showed me he would be with me at all times. And so I stepped forward with him. And that's when I got the call to the Pregnancy Help Center in Park River with Colleen Sampson. I've been there 23 years. Colleen, must be said, is the queen of zealous love for God. And she runs like the ever-ready bunny. And so we hold on to the rose of the Lord. Whatever he says, we run and do. And the Lord doesn't sit still. And so we have been busy for the past many years. She's been 33 years in the center. I've been 23. And then in the midst of that, 40 Days for Life came up. That's been 14 years ago. We'll be heading into our 15th 40 Days for Life this uh, September. And so with 40 Days for Life, we have one call now system for prayer. We've got 1,000 people on that line. We have sidewalk advocates out there in front of the abortion industry um, every week on Wednesdays, today especially now again. And um, 106 lives have been saved that we're aware of in that ministry. So, also, um, 
at the Pregnancy Health Center, we see probably about 300 people a year and reach about 60 churches, 1,500 students in the schools where we bring um, individuals um, to speak. So that's about where I'm at. That's wonderful. We'll talk with Mary Talkey about uh, her road to these, these windows of beauty that God has shown her. 23 years at the Women's Care Center uh, up there with Colleen Sampson. Um, and, and we appreciate that. A couple of things you said, I mean, a lot of things you said, but just two I'd like you to comment on because I think you have special importance for our listeners. In the busyness of being a wife and mother, I want to, you know, we all, we all know silence, but I want to talk about intentionality. I have found in my life, and it sounds like you have too, Mary, we all have busy lives. But when, you know, when we make the intentionality that I'm going to spend, even if it is that five minutes with the Lord or a mm-hmm. weekly holy hour, whatever it is, whatever your, your state in life allows, that bears great fruit. And I, I tell people, you know, I mean, I got to tell myself too, right? I mean, if I have a doctor's appointment, I go. We go to our appointments. Let's make that appointment with God, that intentionality. Maybe talk about the intentionality of the silence and then the fruit that that has borne in your life. Well, it's interesting that you say fruit because that's one of the scriptures that the Lord gave me during this time of prayer and silence. And it was intentional, but the Lord showed it to me. So it was like following him to the prayer couch and then being still for five minutes and then writing for five minutes and reading scripture for five minutes. And it was a daily, you're right, it was intentional and it was daily. And out of that, there was fruit that came. But the scripture verse said, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. Now go and bear fruit. That all last time I used to say, Lord, what fruit? What fruit? I'm not, I don't understand what fruit. Well, the fruit I under, came to understand was souls. And so how do we save souls? We save souls by prayer. We save souls by, by reaching out. We save souls by intercession. That's how we bear fruit. And that's all I can say. I don't know any other way to bear fruit. So this was one of the things. But it was intentional. It was daily. And there was a thing that happened during that quiet time of silence and journaling and speaking and listening to the Lord. And it was a sense of peace that began in my soul. So it began about the size of a dime. And then it increased to about a quarter, I noticed later. And then about a a half a dollar. And then pretty soon my whole interior person was filled with peace with this kind of prayers. And so this peace filled my soul. And when that peace is disturbed, I know the enemy's afoot. Mm-hmm. And so when my peace is disturbed, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on red alert. And so that's the, one of the fruits of that kind of intentional quiet prayer. And then up out of that came this, um, out, out of that came this call to, or this window opening to me and the, and the writings. And then the call to, to service mm-hmm. in the deep water with the Lord. That's so beautiful and interesting. The next thing I was going to talk about is into the deep, and we might wait till after the break for that. I just want to make one comment for our listeners just to think about this. When you talk about bearing fruit that will last, okay, I really want to bring it down to what, what does it come down to? It really comes down to people. Think about it. Every mm-hmm. human person that has, has ever been conceived, born, has eternal eternal life. Their, their, their soul will be reunited, reunited to their body, but it's eternal. You talk about bearing fruit that will last. This is eternal fruit. So whether it yeah. is you sitting on your prayer couch five minutes with your 
with, with your children, you know, if a busy mother, where it is a priest or a religious who are helping save souls by being spiritual mothers and fathers, when we pour ourselves into these relationships, into people, and especially the covenantal ones, your spouse, your children, if, if you're yeah. married, these are the ones that bear, and, and we're called to do that first. That is so so key. And so I just want to echo that. That is the fruit that will last. And also, like you said, you did not call me, I called you. God called you to be married to your husband. The priest didn't think it would last, but he called you. <laughs> and, right. and, and, and he gave you the grace. And yes, you had to say yes to it, but it's always God's right, God's initiative. We are, our response is faith. When we do that, though, he, as you know, is always faithful and always fulfills. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue with Mary Talkie going into the deep and then some of her writings. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You may know that suicide rates are skyrocketing, but do you know why? I'm Father Chris Alar. While suicide is often related to depression, the effects and causes are different. For example, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and substance abuse are likely effects of depression, whereas purposelessness and hopelessness are the causes of depression. And if you don't see any purpose in life, you will have no hope. In a world that says happiness is found only in sex, money, and power, you will never be completely satisfied. There is only one thing that can bring true happiness, and without it, you will fall into depression and despair. So to find this hope, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost, and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Tim Moser, your host today on Real Presence Live. Coming at you from the Fargo studios, I'd like to thank Therese for producing, as always. Thank you so much, Therese. I appreciate that. She puts up with a lot for me, and I, I appreciate that. 
Uh, we're talking with Mary Talkey today about the beauty of writing, and uh, she shared her story. And, and two things that really struck me were were the, the the silence, that that intentional time of silence that we talked about before the break. The second thing, Mary, welcome back, by the way, is Thank going you. going into the deep. And God does call each of us into the deep. But like Peter in, in Luke, right? Some of us say, "Lord, leave me," right? But mm-hmm. God says, "Be not afraid," and calls us in, doesn't He? Yes, He does. Yes, and so that call into the deep was. Um, Sometime uh, later on in my quiet prayer, if you, if you will, um, he, he just spoke to me, Mary, I, I want you to come into the deep with me. And by now I'm listening to him in journaling. I, I hear his voice. And I, I'm like, Lord, I'm, you know I'm afraid of the deep water. And so, and so he gave me a picture, Tim. Mm-hmm. He gave me a picture of a long dock out into, I don't know if it was an ocean, lake, and so I was able to walk out on that long dock, and there he was out there in the form of a dolphin. Now, you know, we're not afraid of dolphins, our flipper, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to go into the deep water with him. Well, of course, that's all symbolic. And so, um, and so the call for me into the deep water was into service in the pro-life arena. It's service with the um, Pregnancy Help Center in Park River, North Dakota. It's service and walking with Colleen Sampson, the director, and um, leader, such a leader in the pro-life arena in North Dakota. It was walking with, with her and so many godly people, so many godly people. I've had the privilege of getting to know, travel with, speak with. We have the pals. We have the uh, people of 40 Days for Life. I can go, I can name names, but I would leave someone out and I wouldn't want to do that. So that's the deep water. It's the deep water of meeting face-to-face the sin and degradation of our people and pressing back against that darkness. And that's what is happening in every pregnancy center in North Dakota. We have eight now. There were three. After the, after the Jericho marches, there were three that came up. Now there are eight. There needs to be another one in, in, in Williston, by the way. Mm-hmm. I say that everywhere I go. And so these places of light press back against the darkness. And so that's the deep water the Lord has called me into. And without that foundation in prayer, I didn't know it at the time that I was being that obedient. I was listening. And that foundation in prayer is what is the cement bedrock on which we can stand to do any kind of service. I was at the, um, the Mass for the Unborn with the Bishop in Grand Forks this past um, while. And he said there, he was so encouraging, he said, remember... Between prayer and personal contact is where conversion happens. And he said, remember Bernard Nathanson. Remember Abby Johnson. Remember, and I put in there, Ramona Trevino, people that we've had um, do presentations in North Dakota. There has been prayer, foundation prayer, and personal contact. And that's what's happening right now today in Fargo, in front of the abortion facility. There's prayer foundation, and there's personal contact, and lives are being saved. If not every Wednesday, whenever God allows, whenever someone responds to that um, offer to speak with them. So 106 lives have been saved since we have begun in 2007. So these are some of the deep waters the Lord has brought me into. 
Thank but you. He also, oh, sorry, go I'm ahead, sorry. Mary. Go ahead. He also balanced it now with the beauty. Without the beauty, I don't know if one could stand the darkness. And so he's given me these windows of beauty to speak to, to write about, and to now begin to share. That's wonderful. Again, we're talking with Mary Talkey about uh, the windows of beauty, and you've set it up very well, Mary. Go ahead, and, and if you want to set up uh, a little further, go ahead, but share with us one of these windows and, and, and the writings that have, been, uh, then have come forth from that. Okay, well, this one probably was the first window that I ever received. I was sitting in my front porch. My children were playing in the water puddles of the first spring melt, and pow, this window opened, and I could see it was three-dimensional. It wasn't just my children playing in the water puddles. It was children of every generation who were playing their heart's content in water puddles. And, and I'm sure, Tim, you will uh, experience this if you haven't already. The spring melt is everything in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And so here was this beautiful window of beauty, and I had to run and get pa- pen and paper. So this is the poem that came up from that. This child is so beautiful as he plays humming to the waterfall of puddle to pail, as he scoops untiringly, brewing some imaginary stew or story while he works, touching the icy streams from spring's first sunbathed days and wading in a ways to find a deeper place. He carries and stirs and paddles the liquid focus of his timeless play. The sand pile, too, exudes mysteries and whispers of tunnels and trails through magical lands of powerful adventure and imagination-spun tales. When puddling is done, the call of the dunes to the little boy's heart pulls him into play, whirring and puffing and spewing the sounds of motors and men. Such beauty is tearing at my soul as I watch and ponder, feeling the wind-chimed breeze stirring the old autumn leaves from their winter's rest as blanket to the frozen sod. The passing of the seasons before my eyes and mind becomes for me an ache, the joy-filled pain of growth to bloom and death to life again. So that's my son, man of earth. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was a mother's heart swollen at that moment, needing to describe for all all other mothers and fathers who would get it. And so I believe anyone who's listening who has little children who loves the first spring melt in North Dakota will get it, that people, little children playing in the puddles is so beautiful. It's indescribable, and it needs to be described. It does. You know, one of the things comes to me, I'm not sure if it was meant, you know, in this, but when I, when I read this and listen to you read it again, by the way, I, I think of a couple things. I, I think of life. So we have the spring melt, of course. We have things coming to life. Water, yeah. of course, is a sign of life. And so we have innocent children uh, in water. And so I'm thinking, ah, baptism. Not only do we have, ah! not only do we have you know, the nature coming to life, but we have these, you know, these children, right? These spiritual children and your children coming to life through baptism, through water, through this rebirth, this regeneration. I don't know if wow. I've ever thought of that. But that's, I that's have what not. Hit. That's beautiful. That's a whole brand new. That's just <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and, and then one more thing, if I can. At, at the end, uh, the joy-filled pain of growth to bloom and death to life again. Of course, all of us, after our baptism, you know, have fallen. 
But isn't how beautiful how our faith allows us to spiritually regenerate through the sacrament of reconciliation, this growth yes. to bloom and death to life. And so yes. I, I just look at that as, as a great um, analogy or, or a great you know, window, I guess, into the beautiful sacramental life of the church. You know? And, and you, you could obviously apply other sacraments to it as well. But that's, that's what struck me when, when, I hit, when I read that. That's just absolutely beautiful. That's absolutely a great um, insight into the rest of that poem. I love it. I thank you. Great. Mary, we probably have time for one more. I have about three or four minutes left. Would you like to share another one with our listeners? I want to for sure share about the innocence. Okay. It's a, it's, let me set it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I was uh, coming home from a, from a conference, and I was on an airplane, and there, were, there was a guy next to me, and there were men all around in front of us, back, back of us, off to the side. And the guy asked what I, was, what I do. And so when you start telling them you're working on a pregnancy center, then the conversation turns and people start listening. And he began to tell me about um, an event that happened in his life. And the, and the poem tells, tells the rest of the story. But the men on the airplane all around us went silent. And they were listening to this man express his pain to me, a stranger. And this is the poem. It's called The Innocence. I offered to marry her, to raise our children and care for them, but she would not. She procured an abortion, for she thought it would hinder her life. What would my child be like today? Would he or she have her soft golden coloring, or perhaps a telltale birthmark like mine on its arm? He would be 11 this year, and I have thought about him every single day. So says a father on an airplane, as other fathers went in silence all around, listening in their impotent tears. His child would have been beautiful, even in the womb as he grew. Tiny toes and fingers, rushing heartbeat, brain waves picking up the amniotic sounds in the uterine ocean. Next to his mother's heartbeat and his father's voice, he will grow safe and sound to birth or death by choice. I would have married her, he said, but she would not. And every time I read that, it brings me to tears. The man was grieving how many years of loss, 11 when he spoke to me. And I gave him the uh, Rachel's Vineyard um, resource for for healing from post-traumatic Um, abortion syndrome, which is alive and real in our nation today. Mary, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I I was just going to say that that's beautiful. And and what a, what a, as a man, um, you know, to to hear this other man just, you know, being very silent and listening, we need to let people know that this affects not only women, but men. And also, I think we need to offer, of course, a word of hope. As you mentioned, you gave him the project, Rachel. There is hope and healing after these things. We've all done yes. things we regret, and there is hope and healing. Yes. You cannot commit a sin deeper than God's grace and mercy flows. And so we, if someone's listening, and probably a few people in tears right now, Mary, because that is a beautiful, beautiful witness, just want to let them know there is hope and healing. That's right. And so Rachel's Vineyard Retreat is for men as well as women. There are Bible studies you can do online. You can call, and you can have total privacy. It takes, it takes lots of trust, and people don't trust people with this secret. And so 
we build trust by prayer, and then we make the referrals, we help them get there, and help pay for the retreat if we need to. Um, yes, there needs to be hope and healing. Absolutely. Mary, I want to thank you so much for sharing what God has given you. It was wonderful to see your, your windows of beauty. Thank you for sharing them with us. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I can't tell you how grateful I am. All right, that's Mary Talkie. Thanks again so much. Coming up next, protecting the most vulnerable among us. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 